When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, everyone, it was sort of a false dawn down for Magic Millions Day, wasn't it, when we were doing our little piece on the uh, the foreshore at Surface Paradise? It was a nice but hot false dawn, wasn't it? Yeah, so it was very muggy. Pretty warm today too, isn't it? 37 oh, degrees. How muggy has it been since then? <laughs> Magic Millions. It, it, did it go all right on the Saturday? It went pretty well. The weather cleared for it, didn't they? Yeah, they had a drama later in the afternoon with a horse flipping over in the stalls, but unfortunately the horse was okay, forced everything back a little bit. But, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was a great day. Great, and I think we may have unearthed uh, a pretty good one in the the Magic Millions Classic winner, the the two year old Storm Boy for Gay, mm. and uh, and Adrian Bott. Uh, the, the ratings on that race were extraordinary. Uh, probably one of the best Magic Million two year old races that we've seen. What do they do that on speed? Uh, they, they yeah, they do a few different factors, but speed certainly helps. Yes. Weight and speed mm. and stuff so, like that. You know, yeah. the day after that, I went to the um, Burley Pavilion. Okay. Uh, just to poke my head in there, and we we haven't ever been there. Just spent a little bit of time there. Mm. Ran into the Storm Boy owners. Oh, really? All the Storm Boy still, owners still partying. Hadn't been to bed, <laughs> and this was lunchtime Sunday. <laughs> and the, and I I don't think they're massive owners because Gay uh, pro, she paraded it around a pub in Penrith. That's and right. She bought it here at the Gold Coast Yearling Sales last year. Oh, yeah, last year, wasn't it? Yeah. And then paraded around the Penrith pub, and I think these are the boys that bought in. Okay. That, that, about 15 of them are all there, and they're having a great time. What do they say? Living the dream. They reckon they're going backwards. After their night <laughs> and the pavilion lunch, <laughs> they reckon there's no money left. <laughs> and it was a big race, $3 million prize well, money. <laughs> so, yeah, ran into them. It was good. They were excellent and having a good time. Well, look at you. You're all done up in your heat merch. Oh, come on, heat. <laughs> Get it going. We've got a stack of tickets to give away because this one's this one's a little unexpected. We were thinking that we're going to go sail on straight on through to the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a little hiccup against the Sixers, so we've Pesky got the Strikers. Enriquez. Yeah, we've got the Strikers tonight. Got to hold mm-hmm. our catches. We've got to bowl well, bat well. Goes without saying. I know. Yes. And uh, yeah, during the morning we've got a stack of tickets to give away. We want to try and fill uh, Carrara tonight, Heritage Bank Stadium. It's a hard sell, isn't it? Mm. Monday night, first day back at school. Yes. Uh, work was last week for a lot of people. So, uh, anyway, who cares about the crowd? Let's uh, get the get the play going. Yes. And, yeah, our bowlers have been our linchpin, and we've got enough batting done around good bowling efforts. But the other night against the Sydney Sixers, I wonder what happened, really, because our spinners didn't bowl very well, and Xavier Bartlett went for a few runs. Mm-hmm. And then the other three bowlers were excellent. We dropped two catches in consecutive balls nearly. God. And then we batted badly. Yeah. We batted dumb. So it, it was a bit of up and down pitch, which is probably going to be the same again tonight. And so it's not a wicket that you can hit sixes continually on. You can't just stand and deliver all the time like you can at the Gabba. Yeah. Moses Enriquez showed us what you've got to do. Him and Dan Hughes, they're the only two on their team that made runs. And then right at the very end, you can have a slog and stand and deliver with your middle order or down to your tail. But don't try it all the way through. We've played some silly shots against them balls that weren't quite there. Well, if you can't make it to Carrara, you can hear every ball right here of the BBL Challenger final between the Heat and the Adelaide Strikers. It's live from 6 o'clock on SENQ, 6.93am, SEN Gold Coast, 16.20am, or on the SEN app. Now, Hills, we've got some new sponsors for the start of 2024. Um, We've got to welcome MFP Easy. They've been voted Queensland's best fibreglass pool builder. And, of course, Hyundai are back with us. The Hyundai SUV sale event. It's on right now. The numbers you need to uh, contact us, and we'd love to hear from you over the next three hours. 13, 13, 55. Is that Suncorp Home Resilience open line, Heels? Yes. If anyone can tell us what MFP stands for, I'll give you two tickets to tonight. Okay. Or you can text us on 0467 736 736. These are our first couple. We've got plenty of tickets to give away tonight. MFP Easy. Tell us what MFP stands for because they are Queensland's best fiberglass. What's your best guess, Paddy? 
got no idea. Well, FP will be fiberglass pool. I would say so, yes. <laughs> My fiberglass pool. <laughs> so her name, Master, might be Master. But uh, let's see if we'll have to confirm whether the answers are right. Now, <laughs> you, you're facing potentially a, a busy week, aren't you? If the heat win tonight... You'll yes. obviously go to the final. Yeah. But you're also Sydney. calling the test for us here, aren't you? Yes. Which starts Thursday here at the Gabba and it's Thursday a day-nighter. Yeah, Thursday afternoon, yep. yeah. Mightn't make it in Friday, Paddy, because mm-hmm. you just said I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, be on holidays again next week. Mm. How was your holiday? It's been pretty relaxed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, haven't done a whole heap. Uh, loving this radio, uh, you know, 47 years in TV and you get your – you know, five or six weeks over the spread out over the year. Yeah. But uh, this one, I, it seems like an age since we've been behind the microphone, apart from our little stint on the Gold Coast the other day. Yeah, that's because it has been. Mm. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. What, um, <laughs> you didn't get away? Uh, well, I, as I mentioned the other day, uh, did the uh, Jack Newton Celebrity Classic yeah. for uh, four or five, or three or four days down in the Hunter Valley. Yes. Uh, but it was it was more, uh, yeah, I did play golf. I'm back playing golf. Fair. Uh, they had that, that, you know, we could go to where the best drive was. Yes. So I had a, oh, Texas stable. For- yeah, I had a fun day that way. I mean, rather than playing my second from in trees and bunkers. Oh, and, out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or down there in vineyards, et cetera. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we had a guy who played off eight who could just nail it. So we just kept playing from the you know, centre of the fairway did they have, nine, nine out. Did they have the rule that you had to use three of your drives? No. Oh. No, that rule didn't exist. Right. Um what um, so do you know how many points you had? Yeah, uh, I think I had uh, thirty nine or something. Holy like that. moly! <laughs> so and, and, that's and, my favourite game because I'm, I'm a bit like you. I'm not great off the. And team. wasn't even in contention. Yeah, okay. I wasn't even sort of preparing an acceptance speech with thirty nine points. Yeah. But I think I did mention the other day at the Coast Hills that the highlight for me was uh, Jackie Jack's uh, widow, uh, and I've been great friends with the family for a long, long time. Uh, she asked me to come down to play, sure. So I played the first day of the two-day event, but the second day to help compare the ladies' lunch, which is a new thing at the the Celebrity Classic, and I got the chance to interview Dawny, Dawn Fraser. And I just had an absolute ball. We sat and just chatted uh, for 45 minutes, and the ladies at the lunch were just riveted by it. She's just such a good talent. And then not long after that, it was at the famous Northcliffe Surf Club lunch and uh, got the chance to interview Anna Mears. So I've been hanging around with a couple of yes. our greatest Olympians ever. And, of course, Anna's uh, chef de mission for Paris this year. Right, eh? So she's busy, busy lady, but she's fantastic. She well. would have been at the Tour Down Under just straight after, eh? Yeah, yeah. Straight uh, down to work on the media. Mm. Um, right, eh? And you had a, an Andrew Liver, Liveris. He was great. Uh, at that function, didn't you? Yeah, the press. Very upbeat. Yeah, look, and sort of gave us a little hint that they would be having a look at what's happening with the Gabba which has now eventuated. Stephen Miles uh, is saying, well, you know, maybe we made a couple of wrong decisions with the Gabba. Let, let's have a look at it. So I don't know whether it, the whole place gets torn down after Ashes in 2025 or whether they do a, a major reno. Uh, they, can't do, they can't do a major reno. They can't? No, I don't believe so because okay. all the problems are underground. Okay. So all the inefficiencies and... Uh, smells and you know <laughs> issues yep. under the stadium, and and it's been audited. But where where they made mistakes is they just guessed at the price. They said one billion. Yeah, yeah. how'd they get that so wrong? And and that made it a pretty easy decision. Yeah, let's do the gamma one billion. It's three point three already. So uh, yeah, th- they threw the darts at the donkey and. And came up with, yeah, let's renovate the Gabba. Yeah. Uh, very impressive man. Uh, and I think I mentioned this when we were at the coast as well. Uh, he was the uh, Darwin-born, St- Brisbane State High and UQ educated. High yep. <laughs> and um, finished up boss of chairman and CEO of Dow Chemicals, one of the biggest companies in the world, and then oversaw a, a $200 billion merger with DuPont. So he's a serious player. Uh, mm. Was Had the ear of presidents. He was in with Obama. He was in with Trump. Um, they, they sought his advice on many, many things. And look, I Have think you seen his wardrobe. No. <laughs> you know what colour jacket he's got? Uh, well, he was casual the other day. He's got a green jacket. Oh, has he really? Mm. Was he a mm. member of Augusta? Yeah. He didn't flash that in my. You're not face. allowed to. You're not allowed to ask, uh, and you're not allowed to tell. Oh, really? But I found out. 
Oh, I would uh, have asked him that if I'd known that. Yeah, well, been. see, come on, talk to me, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Daniel's first cab off the rank with the text today. Happy 2024, Patton Hills. Uh, first text of the year. Let's go. The Heat, the Lions, the Bronx, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Bullets, the Suns, the Bulls and the Maroons. That's a good call, Daniel, because the, the Heat can lead that tonight and then Wednesday night. Come on. I think we'd, we're pretty desperate to get another matchup with the Sydney Sixers. We, we had them in a bit of problem, bit of uh, drama the other night and Moses and Dan Hughes got them out of it and then Steve O'Keefe. So uh, now let's just let's get another crack at them. So start things off tonight, Heat. Okay. Icarus uh, is uh, having a chat here. Welcome back. Hope you had a good freshen up. We, did, we had plenty of time to freshen up, Icarus. We did. I don't know whether I'm the only one here, but... It seems that sporting bodies are getting far too involved in the political arena. I wish they'd stay out and be sports bodies, not just budding political parties. Mm, Thank what's you. the latest one, Icarus? What are you feeling? Yeah, well, what uh, are you thinking there? One? We've saw the Doves yeah. and and uh, Usman Khawaja's you know, support of non-war and uh, the mm. needless killing, which war is. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's your latest? And obviously there's uh, the Ukraine... It's unbelievable, eh? Still going. Like that war was supposed to last no time. Mm. And it's still going because Ukraine are fighting hard. Yeah. And it's needless. Well, as usual, we will have Brett Phillips on the show today to discuss all the goings on at the Australian Open, including the loss, as uh, we all know now, the loss of Demon last night. I, Given that I had the early start this morning, I watched the first three sets. He was up two sets. And I thought, oh, I'll wake up tomorrow morning and find that he's one in four and he's through to the quarters for the first time in ages. Should have rung me again Uh, because I got through the fourth. Oh, did you? And then I turned it off. This fifth is going to go too long. Mm. And I'm glad I did. Well, look, he, 6-0. Yeah, yeah, he lost the last two sets, 6-3, 6-love, if you were like me, and went to bed uh, at a reasonable hour last night. It wasn't a B for Alex Demonor, who will now slip out of the uh, the top ten. But uh, the, he admitted afterwards he, he was he was a little bit downcast, but he admitted that Rublev was too good. Andre deserved the win today. He, he played too good um, in the... Fourth and fifth set, he kind of, um, in my eyes, just let go and started swinging freely and caught a little purple patch and yeah, it was uh, it was too good in the end. And Toddy Woodridge picked it up almost immediately and then backed up by Jim Courier. How dangerous Rublev is when he mm. does that. They noticed it as well that he just started going for his shots and he's like the nutty professor. Rublev. Yeah. <laughs> he had about 10 different personalities out on court and he gets up. He just fires up. Uh, he hits a heavy ball, doesn't he? But look, Dimonor admitted that in the past, getting to this level, playing a world number five, taking a world number five to five sets, he possibly would have walked out of this tournament happy-ish. But he's not now. He's a different player. We know he's bulked up. We know he's got a heavier serve. His first serve let him down last night. There's no doubt about that. But he does admit he's he is a different player now. I mean, I think um, night and day a different player. I mean, you know, maybe a couple years ago or even last year, I would be sitting here and you know, maybe even happy with with the results, right? Saying, oh, you know. Uh, I probably shouldn't have won. Um, he's higher ranked than I am. I, I took him to five sets, you know, pretty, mm. pretty decent effort. But it's completely changed because now I'm sitting here and I'm absolutely devastated because I saw it as a as a great opportunity in a match that uh, I strongly believe I, I could have won. You know my theory? What? He, he overdoes his right arm. <laughs> his right arm got too tight. He fist pumps when he wins 15 love. When he gets his first ma- match, first point in a game, he's fist pumping. Come on, mate, you're in the top 10. You've got, you're supposed to win points. Don't fist pump so much. Yeah, look, I, I think I might check on Brett Phillips for that. Yeah, I'm going to say, Brett, what do you reckon? What's the fist pump uh, quantity? Now, here's a very pleasant sight in the studio. Vanessa. G'day, Good Vanessa. Morning. Hello. Happy hey. New Year. Morning, 
Happy New Year. Welcome back. Thank you. Team's back together. Brayden from Perth is up early for the show today. Morning, legends. Great to have you guys. And Vanessa back on the radio. Hope you've all had a good break. We did, Brayden. Thank you. Well, Mm. Vanessa's been here a couple of weeks, haven't you? You you finished sort of your holiday just after the Sydney test. Yeah. And came back. And then you've been back at work since then. I have, yes. Nothing else to talk about? Uh, no. <laughs> well, no, pretty since, much not. Since running the New York Marathon, have you run a yard or have you just yeah, stopped yeah. completely? No, no, I've been back. I had a bit of a bit of downtime, but no, mm-hmm. got to get some consistency mm-hmm. back now. Boston so. next year. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay, well, okay. We've, we've got school back uh, yes. today and your kids are ready to go, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, well. And we've got 37-degree temperatures, they're saying. Absolutely. Right? Well, that is what is dominating headlines today. Plenty of weather watch. Wasn't yesterday just an absolute stinker? <laughs> Last night I had to go sleep on the couch because there's no aircon in the bedroom and oh. I just was lying there sweating. But, yeah, look, another very hot one today. Uh, it's been a three-day heat wave. They're saying it will start to ease from this afternoon. You know, 37 degrees today in Brisbane, but even higher out west and it's affecting large parts of the country as well. Um, you know, areas in WA and South Australia pushing up to 50 degrees. So we're really seeing some extremes. And of course, at the same time, cyclone watch as well. Tropical cyclone Kiralee is expected to form to later today off uh, in the Coral Sea. And so the Bureau is keeping a very close eye on it. They're saying it could become a Category 2 by Wednesday morning, a Category 3 by Wednesday afternoon, and is likely to make landfall. They're not really sure, but just somewhere between the Cairns and Mackay stretch. Ooh. And they're also saying we could see some rainfall impacts much further south as well, including the southeast. So plenty of rain to also come with that. Uh, as you meant, mentioned, Pat, today back to school mm. and uh, plenty of kids will be waking up a bit nervous and, <laughs> you know, getting out their uniforms and packing the lunch boxes again. Little reminder there, school zones will be back in yes, place. So make sure k's. you do go 40 k's through the school zones. And today's also the first day across Queensland officially of the full mobile phone ban. That in stretches as well to smartwatches as well. It was an Announced by the Education Minister last year. And so it just means, you know, they want to encourage more face-to-face social interactions, promote health and well-being. Uh, means during break times, they're not allowed to access phones either. And, uh, and you know, also, of course, a big thing is reducing the cyberbullying and accessing any harmful content. So parents are being told if you need to contact your child, just call the school office like we used to in the yeah, old yeah, days. You, right. you don't need to be able to contact your child through the day. So, uh, yeah, that will be a big change for Queensland schools as well this year. How, All right. how did that get out of control? God. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful yes. to see your smiling face. Likewise. Oh, nice, Patty. <laughs> we will be back uh, after this, and don't forget, we've got plenty of tickets to uh, give away to the Heat. Uh, we'll have a little chat to uh, Chris Nelson right after this. Uh, but, yeah, Heat tickets coming up right the way through the show today. Go the Heat tonight against the Strikers. On Patton Heels for breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Just remember, though, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Chris Nelson. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Patty. Good morning, Heels. And uh, new year, new intro. I like that. Oh, yeah, right, eh? Hey, mate, how, do the, how are the horses going in this heat? Oh, uh, well, I think they'd have to struggle a little bit. There's no doubt about that. I did hear someone say at Eagle Farm on uh, Saturday that, uh, yeah, certainly the horses are going to struggle, some of them, and they'll handle it better than others, just like us humans. Yeah. Feel. Jeez, I hope Tell the boss us. puts me in that pool today. They'll be, they'll be thinking, <laughs> get me out of this box. They would be too. <laughs> Hey, buggers, but uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. We'll talk about what's coming up in a moment, but uh, I think just it, it is timely because the last time we spoke was on that day that horses ran on the beach when Heels were uh, Heels and I were on air down at Surface. You were down there with us. Um, we saw what the experts are rating, and you're among them as one of the the highest quality Magic Millions classics in a long, long time. Yeah, well, you get some of the uh, the ratings gurus, uh, the Dominic Burns of the world, who certainly know their stuff and and suggested Storm Boy's rating was right up there with uh, probably is the best uh, Magic Millions rated race over time. So uh, he's going to head towards the Golden Slipper now with with every other two-year-old out of that stable. And we saw another one 
on Saturday in the first race at Rose Hill called Fully Lit, who looked impressive too from the Waterhouse Botch Stable. So, And they say they've got three or four more to come, I believe. Someone told me the other day that are just as good. So it's just unbelievable how many good two-year-olds they have. And is Storm Boy the best of them? Well, time will tell. And your highness, no, let's see what I did then. Yeah. Yes. You were supportive of highness, came second, pretty good run and good rating. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I had lunch with Michael Friedman up on the Sunshine Coast last week and uh, he said, I hate running second in anything, but he said, now that I've seen these ratings of Storm Boy, he said, you can almost cop it on the chin because uh, it, it obviously, it might be one right out of the box, Storm Boy. But, uh, yeah, look, Highness ran very, very, very well. We, we need to give a rap to uh, Robbie Heathcote as well. Oh. Well, if, oh, for his uh, bounding win in yeah, the three-year-old yeah, guineas. With yes, a bounding, yeah, $3 million race for a Queensland uh, team. So good on him, Martin and, and, Harley. Yeah, and from and memory, did Ma- Rothfire win the King of the Mountain? Yeah, won the in King Dormer? of the Mountain, but, yeah, but yes. didn't win he on did. the coast. No, yeah. that's right. Up in Toowoomba. Uh, yeah. Great. Great for um, for Martin Harley, who, of course, this time last year had yeah. had two breaks in his neck and was doing it really tough. So great result for him. And we had him on the Pundas Mate Friday. He's a, he's a ripping bloke, Martin Harley. Yeah. Now, what have we got coming up? And, and how do they cope? Although today they say, you know, we know it's going to get to 37 degrees today, but uh, things ease a little bit. So racing may not be heavily affected by this heat. Well, we, we did have a meeting set down for Gatton today. That has been changed to tomorrow. Okay. So there's no meeting today. Gatton goes to tomorrow. But there's also a meeting set down for Emerald tomorrow. Now, looking at the forecast for Emerald, it's 39s and 40s all oh, the way boy. through today, tomorrow. So uh, I have been in contact with RQ, and they said they're possibly looking at uh, maybe uh, bringing that race meeting forward, running it in the cooler part of the day. But that's yet to be announced. It will be this morning. If, if there's any changes, they'll be this morning. But... I don't think there is a cooler part of the day at the moment. Guys, no. get up in the morning. It's pretty hot as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> Doombin on Wednesday, uh, Rocky on Thursday, Eagle Farm. Well, now, this is great. We have a, an, we've got obviously Australia Day public holiday on Friday and we get a city meeting, which is something that um, is really going to be pushed now by, uh, by RQ. We're going to get more of these city meetings on, on public holidays. Jason Scott, the new CEO, has announced that. So that is great. We've also got a meeting at Kilcoy. Uh, Saturday, we go to the Sunshine Coast for the listed Sunshine Coast Cup. We race at Ipswich as well. And then Sunday, we go to Cairns. And that'll be nice and sticky up there too, I would imagine, guys. <laughs> exactly right. Hey, anything catch your eye from the weekend? Yeah, a couple of mares out of uh, out of that meeting on Saturday. Raced three. They both won. Number four, Fortuneer, is an unbeaten mare from the O'Day Hoisted stable. Mm. She's really going well. And she sat three wide, no cover that whole race, and she just put them away. And race four, the one of Tony Gollins, number three, Blue Spinell won the race. She was a mile too good for them as well. She's really strengthened up and she can go on winning. I'm not sure how many runs Fortuneer will have before a break, but Blue Spinell was first up, so we'll be seeing plenty of her in the next couple of months. Good stuff. Great to have you back on the radio, Chris Nelson. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Great to be back, guys. Have a great day. Yep, you too. We've got to get to the news. Look, it was disappointing last night. There's no doubt about that. Brett, good morning to you. I, having breakfast radio this morning, I watched him go two sets to one up. I thought, you beauty, I'll wake up and it'll be a three set to one win. He's into the quarterfinals, the demon, the new, improved, the bigger, better demon. And unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, morning, team. Welcome back. Thank um, you. Yes. Yeah, look, we felt pretty confident uh, patting the box that he had the momentum, that he could really uh, you know, do it in four sets. Uh, the way he played the you know, sets uh, two and three, and yeah, in the blink of an eye, you know, Andre Rublev jumps out to a three-love lead in the fourth, and he was playing catch-up. He did break serve, got it back to three-two, and uh, couldn't hold. Then it got it to four-two, and we expected, you know, certainly the fifth set, you know, to be a pretty tight struggle. So to only win three games in the last two sets was certainly a surprise. It was look one hell of a battle out there, um, mm. you know, uh, the ball basher that you know Rublev is, and. You know, Demon trying to sort of counteract that with all these assets that he brings. Um, you know, he went toe to toe. I mean, it just goes to show Rublev has you know been in the top ten longer. He's a bit older. He's made nine quarterfinals at the Slams. It's all that little that stuff sort of counts down the stretch of a big fourth round match where you know Alex hasn't been too often. He only made that one U.S. Open uh, quarterfinal. Look, they played some you know great points, some intoxicating uh, rallies and. Yeah, Rublev was just stronger as the match wore on. We know he's highly emotional. He wears it out there. And, 
He's demonstrative and he's beating himself up. Uh, one of the nicest blokes in the locker room you'd meet, Andre, but cross that white line, he just turns <laughs> into an absolute competitive animal out there. And you know, some um, can uh, contain all that on the inside, others can't. And he's sort of my um, he's my sort of oh, you know sentimental favourite from here. Right. I'd just love to see him go deep. Well, he's made nine quarterfinals and never right. won one. Mm. So he's got to play Yenex Sinner next. Obviously, this tournament has been in great form. Yeah, see, that's interesting. You say he's he's you know he's a good bloke in the locker room because the way he's, the way he yells at himself and yells at his box. And, you know, you think is this guy a really good guy? Or is he just a nasty human being? But he's clearly not. <laughs> No, all the Russians, are, they're all, you know, quirky. Uh, go back through, I mean, you know, Medvedev is a bit quirky and, yeah. uh, you know, Rublev would go back to, you know, Davidenko or Marit Safin and a few others of another uh, era. Uh, Kafelnikov, they've always done things, a, you know, a little bit uh, a little bit differently in the way they show their emotions. Um, but, no, he's, uh, he's one of the loveliest guys you'd meet, Andre, but, yeah, you do feel uh, worn out uh, watching uh, one of his tennis matches. <laughs> hey, Brett, do you, do you think what he did last night, just release and sort of played as if he didn't care of the consequences and that's where you start hitting it well when you're so talented, do you think that'll help him in the future get through some of those bigger matches which, where he has faltered in the past? Yeah, possibly. It's really, uh, really interesting here. I mean, look, yeah, when he's got to a quarterfinal of a slam, you know, you, he's run into Novak a few times. Uh, you know, you're, you're running into a Nadal. I mean, you're running into the absolute cream of the sport. So they're, you know, they're tough to win. And you know, he's always been a little bit one. He's obviously you know, more one-dimensional than any of the players around him inside the top ten. I mean, he's he doesn't like coming to the net, and when he does come, he's not the most comfortable player. Mm. I think his coach is trying to urge him to get forward and uh, have some presence there. But, you know, when you're just um, sort of, you know, rallying from the back of the court, he's got unbelievable power. You know, but these guys can just bring more tricks to the table. So uh, that's always been the thing uh, with uh, Rubli, which I find interesting. He's been with his coach for quite some time, but they haven't added a lot to his game. So what you see is what you get. It's seen him inside the top 10, but he often falls short because he hasn't got, you know, a plan B or C to go to. Yeah. Well, we're only around quarters, but are we moving sort of inexorably towards this Alcaraz-Joker final? I mean, Joker, who's supposedly crook, uh, went bagel-bagel yesterday (laughs) against Manorino. I mean, Manorino didn't win a game until the third set. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Every year, you know, it's either there's something going on that might be the blood pressure, it might be the hamstring, it might be the wrist. Uh, there's a little niggle, you know. You know, who knows how much of that is real? I mean, you know, no doubt you're putting yourself, uh, you know, through the limits at uh, this level. But yeah, I mean, he's just still at 36. I mean, a cut above everyone else, particularly at Melbourne Park. Um, so, you know, these guys have got to try and go the journey with him and they just can't quite sustain it. I mean, you yeah. just watch these rallies unfold. You just know Djokovic is is going to win them. I mean, we've seen it so many times. So the other player loses patience in the rally. They want to hit bigger, make the unforced error. Um, yeah, I mean, Yannick Sinner, that's, you know, going to be yeah. a, uh, a, a likely semi-final. But Sinner, you know, he's as good a form as he's been in Patton Hills, he's still got to beat Djokovic best of five, and that's to be proven yeah. uh, right now. And Elkaraz, you know, you would think on the other side of the draw probably is going to uh, get through. He's He's been you know, cherry ripe so far. Yeah, I'm just reading some quotes from John Millman about Elkaraz. He reckons he's just getting better and better. Hey, listen, just a quirky one. Um, Taylor Fritz beating Pass, which was a great win, but... Uh, Taylor Fritz's very well-known partner, Morgan Riddle, who's uh, high on the WAGs list, uh, um, yeah. has promised to eat a jar of Vegemite if he could beat Sitsipas, which he's done. Right. Yeah, she gets a lot of, a lot, a lot of air time, uh, Morgan. Yeah, <laughs> in, uh, camera time in the play box, and they've, they've been doing all these things uh, behind the scenes. Well, she's an influencer, isn't she? You know, she's big yeah, in the yeah. social media world, and, yeah, um, of all the WAGs... Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see that. I'd yes. like to see her doing that. In right. one sitting. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know what she's taking What about the, uh, well, the f- a female that's in the draw, uh, Mira Andreeva, has been a pretty big superstar to start with, uh, Brett? Yeah, she's only going north. You know, think back 12 months ago, she made the girls' final at Melbourne wow. Park and was runner-up and then went on to have, you know, obviously a great year getting inside the top 50, announced herself at the Slams. 
Yeah, she's got a big game. She's got some presence. I mean, she's already, what, up to about 30-odd in the world uh, at the age of 16. So, yeah, a little scary. I mean, we've seen a few teenagers at this tournament really excel. It's been a bit of a throwback to sort of Hingis and Capriati, yeah. that sort of era. Uh, but, no, she's uh, absolutely the real deal, uh, Mira Andreva. Savalenko and Coco. Coco Goff yesterday, impressive, wasn't she? Yeah, been uh, been outstanding. I think she's what won forty nine games, lost sixteen for the whole tournament. She's just been breezing through sets. Um, you know, she looks even fitter than she did at the US Open when she won it last year. She absolutely now belongs in the top echelon. Backhand's always been good. Looks like the forehand's tightened up. Uh, Pat, that's where the errors uh, would certainly come. And yeah, we look like we're on track for a golf uh, Sabalenka, you know, semi final. And Arena is the defending champion. I mean, she has not put a foot out of place and you know with Sviantec and rebucking her out you know that she's in the driver's seat but uh, yeah Coco's the biggest challenger and then there's some real surprise packets on the other side of the draw who uh, we didn't expect to be uh, in, in week two of the uh, Australian Open. Yeah Coco pretty impressed that Rod Laver was in the crowd yesterday too as uh, she said oh that was very cool she said they started to applaud and she said I wasn't quite sure because uh, we were just in the middle of the, f- the first set and then I looked around yeah. and the great man was in the audience. Yeah good. Yeah <laughs> Yeah, he, he does a good job. I mean, yes. they, they wheel him out everywhere, Rod. Um, he, I think he arrived on Saturday and he's doing appearances left, right and centre. It's a, a long haul through, you know, in his 80s to be coming out from California, his base every year. But, yeah, he gets uh, he gets a massive reception here, as he should. Yeah, I, I agree. It's fantastic to see. Who wins the women's? Yeah, well, I think, uh, I think unless Sabalenka has... A meltdown, and you know she can, she can go astray at times. I think you know she is right in the zone. I think she's got better and better. I mean, she had that you know blip in the Brisbane final against Rebucking a bit. Up until then, she played well. So she could have a moment where she just loses her way. Um, but I'll tell you what, on the other side of the draw, you've still got you know Svitolina and Azarenka there. They're the experienced pair yeah. who yeah could go through to a quarter final. You know, they still want to win majors. They still believe they can really contend at the back end as mums. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It probably is a quarterfinal, and one of them may be going on to make the final on the other side of the draw. Yeah, what a story with Azarenka. I mean, I was there when she dismantled Sharapova 100 years ago, and she's still around yeah. and she's still She's feeling good, yeah. she reckons, isn't yeah. she? It's a, it's, a, it's a great game. Yeah, she's got the red shoes on. That's what <laughs> Ash, that's what Ash yeah. had in her last tournament. Yeah. The red hey, wheels. Great to chat, mate. Happy New Year to you. And uh, enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk during the week. Uh, it's we're at the pointy end as uh, when we get into this quarterfinal stage. It's just a shame that the demon's not part of it. Mm. Yeah, we'll live to fight another day. But yeah, some good tennis to come. Uh, we'll have a couple of worthy champions come uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Exactly right, Brett Phillips. Thank you very much, SEN's tennis expert. Now on breakfast with Pat and Heels. Heels gets his gloves off. All right, the cricket debate of season 23-24 in the public sphere has been the standard of our opponents filling all the tests of this summer. And I can understand it, and I question whether Australian cricket is using our year and our summer as well as we can to possibly provide a little more satisfaction to the fans. Firstly... If teams want the summer focus in Australia, they must spend at least three more weeks prior to the first test. Now, Pakistan, and they're a Pakistan team without the charisma and profile of the former superstars, Imran Khan, Javed Mirndad, Zahir Abbas, Wazim Akram, Waka Yunus. They skimped on preparation in Australia. They fumbled and bumbled their way to losing the series before they began to play reasonably in Sydney when it was way too late. We don't need you. Then the West Indies bring out an incredibly inexperienced team, and that might be all they've got. A couple of players have decided to go and play T20 leagues, but these guys are incredibly inexperienced. They arrived eight days prior to their first test. Are you for real? We don't want you in the middle of our summer if that's the case. We want teams that are going to give themselves the best chance at being competitive. Now, where did this 20-year trend come from? It's lazy and it's never worked. My first test, by the way, in Australia was against the West Indies in 1988 and it saw us lose as badly as that current West Indies team lost last week in Adelaide. We lost well and truly inside three days at the Gabba. Now, the discrepancy between the two, our two nations has been this big before, that means. Um, but what happens next is what counts. 
Australia had resources to invest in youth pathway competitions, the academy evolved, coaching in the Sheffield Shield ranks and the Sheffield Shield itself being a very valuable competition. Now, the players, i.e. our young players and us, we, we just wanted hard work, training hard and playing schedules were packed and really valuable. This willingness by players is crucial if the West Indies um, are, are going to stay in the competition. They must want hard work Otherwise, they will they will wilt. The legendary West Indies teams of the eighties actually helped Australia's recovery by coming here for ten years in a row. Now, is there more that we could do for the West Indies right now? The question to the West Indies is: Would you like assistance? Some they might say no. We're okay. Now, if so, what are the options? Now, you know, teams could come to Australia in the winter months for games and learning. These costs need to be subsidised probably by the ICC, shared a little bit by Australia. Um, And the second option could be a well-constructed Australian 11 touring team sent to their shores when it suits our season. Uh, Maybe a David Warner could lead that, for example, for a month in the West Indies playing games against their first-class teams. Again, the costs need to be subsidised and shared, blooding our youngsters, uh, getting coaches more experience and using senior players to lead, uh, you know, could be good for us while we're doing some good work for the West Indies, for example. Now, maybe an international player draft or a player pool could provide the West Indies with two players and and any teams who want one or two of them. Um, Players who can't get a game for their own nation but are willing to still play tests and help or develop players elsewhere um, could be a really valuable tool to to get on the field with these teams and, and lead from the front. A lot can be tried. But I don't see Cricket Australia even starting these sorts of conversations because they are quite difficult. One thing that must happen, though, is Australia can only support teams who want to prepare properly and be ready for the quality of Australian cricket's team from the first test on. A very poor uh, performance by Pakistan and West Indies this year with their preparation. Hills, let's move on to a, a cause that we're going to push now for, uh, for a while. And it's it, it, this was the idea of Jason, our boss, and I think it's it's a it's a beauty. On January the eighth, Logan Metro's FC's uh, clubhouse at Woodridge went up in flames and not only destroyed the facility, but uh, it incinerated thousands of dollars worth of training equipment, jerseys, club memorabilia. I mean, it's just heartbreaking that all that stuff goes in uh, in, in in an instant. The club was insured, so that's the good news. And the council we will will rebuild the clubhouse. But we want to raise awareness for their February 10 junior sign-on day and hope to get plenty of sign-ups so the club can get back on its feet. And uh, we've got Sam Escobar, president of Logan Metro FC. Sam, thanks for joining us. It's It's been a, a traumatic Christmas period for, for you and your team at the club. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thank you so much for reaching out. Yeah, it's been a pretty uh, pretty full-on week, so not the ideal start to, uh, to a new season, that's for sure. Oh, what, what is the size of the club, Sam? And what sort of teams have you got? Yeah, so we're about 300 members. We're based. Uh, we're blessed to be based in the heart of Logan in Woodridge, so we're, we're quite a diverse club with, with people from all walks of life, um, you know, newly arrived people, refugees, and, and everything in between. Um, so that's that's a community, you know, we serve and we're so proud to be, um, you know, a big part of that community. And something like this just uh, sets us back a long yeah. way. So it's not just a footy club, mate. It's a social hub as well. It is. It's a home to so many people, you know. A lot of people arrive to this country and, you know, as we know, sport is such an important uh, tool for socialising, connecting to a new community. And that's exactly what this football club is. It's a football club, of course, but it's also, yeah, a social place, a place where people feel like they can belong. Take us inside, Sam, as we, as we build this story, when you got the phone call and said, hey, the clubhouse is on fire. Yeah, we, we were wrapping up um, family dinner on, on Sunday night. Got a call from one of our local neighbours, um, pretty distraught, saying, mate, your, your clubhouse is, is fully on fire. We sort of rushed out um, to the club and we, what we found was like a full-on crime scene. There was about five fire trucks, police everywhere. Uh, smoke everywhere. Um, it was, yeah, it was a pretty full-on confronting scene. Um, and then, yeah, the next day we came back and it was just in pieces. It's, it's charcoal everywhere. The, the, the roof has sunk in, the floor sunk in. 
um, and all that gear was sort of burnt in the process. Mm. The biggest loss, do you reckon? What 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 did you value uh, more than anything? Well, luckily no one was hurt. That, that's the main thing. But yep. we had everything in there. You know, we had our balls, our bibs, our training gear, trophies. You know, we're we're quite a new club. We're about eleven years old. But you know, there's eleven years worth of memories in that club. Uh, you know, like the next day we were, we were meant to have a training session. We didn't even have a ball uh, to kick. Um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty full on. The, the, you can play well uh, with the imaginary ball. <laughs> yeah, I had my best day, I'll tell you, with that. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously insurance, and that's a, a blessing, and the council's going to help, but, uh, you know, they're trying to rebuild so much in the southeast right at the moment after these storms at Christmas. So it, it doesn't happen in an, in an instant, and, and you've got a club to try and keep together, mate, and, and we mentioned this February 10 junior sign-on day. Uh, uh, there, there would be things here and messages that you want to get out, Sam. Yeah, for sure. I think the long term, you know, silver linings, I'm quite a positive person. I'd like to think, you know, we've been talking to council and state government about a bit of an upgrade for a while now. This, you know, might be a reason to sort of express that. But in the short term, you know, we lost everything. You know, insurance will eventually cover it. We're sort of working through those logistics. But, you know, for us, we've had so many messages of support and we really want to activate our community and, you know, give our community an opportunity to head down to the club and support. And, we're sort of pushing to. We had a sign-on day come try come try day, you know, locked in for February the tenth. So we really want to make that day a bit of a community day and get everyone on the ground and you know make a bit of a fun day and raise some funds. And our main thing is, if you want to support the club, the best way you can do it is to come down, sign yourself up, or, or sign your child up for the season ahead. Uh, it goes without saying, mate, uh, as well, the importance of clubs like this. I mean, we know, you know, you're living under a rock if you don't know the youth crime crisis, etc. Clubs like yours go a long way to, to occupying our youth. Oh, definitely. Like I said, it, it's a home for so many people from uh, so many walks of life and, you know, and you take that away from, from you know, these young people, who knows where, where they would be. And and it's probably nearly every night uh, that, that grounds are, those grounds are getting used. Have you got floodlights and stuff like that because every age group has to train a couple of times a week, eh? Yeah, correct. And I think, you know, one of the, the fortunate things was that the, the fire was contained to the clubhouse. Uh, yeah. We've now found out that our, our canteen's been ridden off as well because of the fire. So we've lost that bit of revenue as well. But the, the, the fields and, the, and the, the, the field lights weren't affected. So we are able to sort of continue on, uh, you know, affected, but we can still use the field and then sort of power on. Yeah. And, you know, on a normal Saturday morning, do you have a coffee van or does a canteen provide that? The canteen, yeah, the canteen's are the place to be. There's coffee, there's bacon and eggs. Yeah, and cakes. yeah, how good are canteens? They're unreal. <laughs> but so, if, you oh, know, they're, they're too good. maybe if, you know, food truck company, uh, coffee van company might be able to help out for a few weeks too. Is maybe they could start off on February 10 while, while they are coming. It's a junior sign-on. Do you go to senior teams too? We do. We're junior seniors where we've just introduced walking football as well. So we've got six-year-olds down at the club and, you know, receiving the benefits, like the same thing, of, of social connectivity and, and, and physical activity as well. Yeah. Walking, walking I, I football for man. six, did you say six-year-olds or 60? 60. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm thinking that'd be good for us. <laughs> there you so, go, guys. Right, right. Well, we might need a beer van too. Hey, Sam, we're, we're going to stay in contact. I mean, we have a very generous group of, of listeners and, uh, you know, they, they love their sport. And they hate when when a club is, regardless, is doing it tough. So, what do you need? We we know you're going to get bricks and mortar from your insurance and the council, etc. But what do you need right now to keep you keep the Logan, uh, the Logan Metro FC up and running? Yeah, we're, we're navigating through that, that short term. We're sort of still speaking to council, but the big thing is is come down February 10, buy buy a snag, make a donation. You know, if you live locally and you got kids and stuff, sign them up for the season ahead. That's a big thing. We'd love to see our community active and, and you know, in, in full, full support on, on February the 10th. What's the address? Uh, we're at Compton Park, which is at the end of Strathdar Street in Woodridge. But all, all the details will be on our social. I looked that up too, Sam. I didn't know you were in there and got on Compton Road there. That's good. Yeah, just so it, it's a bit tucked away. We get that a lot. It's actually quite quite suburban. But, um, yeah, when you do get there, it's a hub of activity. It, it's such a diverse place to be. It's Come on, 350 members this year, juniors. That's it. Uh, Good stuff. Hey, Sam, we're, we're gonna we're gonna stay in contact if you don't mind over over the next few weeks. But February ten is a is a pivotal day for a club that's had uh, a lot of Christmas heartbreak. Logan Metro FC, uh, their clubhouse at Woodbridge burnt to the ground, and uh, they're trying to rebuild. 
Uh, you can start with this by getting your juniors down there and just sign on. Help the club out uh, on February 10, and we'll we'll keep you up to date with the story. Mm. All the best, Sam. Legend. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Darren Lehman, Happy New Year to you, and welcome, and thanks for joining us. Well, finally see you gentlemen are back to work. That's good to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wandered out of the out of the offices a few minutes ago. I said, how was your break? I said, 47 years in television. I don't know how I didn't get onto this radio wrought earlier. <laughs> We've had seven weeks holiday yeah, over Christmas. Year. It's the best car of all time. I think our, I think our yeah, listeners. Yeah, it's pretty good. Our listeners dictate how long they want us to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time. Uh, Buffer, how are you feeling, mate? Um, uh, you, first of all, the match-up against the Strikers. We, we match up okay to them, don't we? Yeah, we, we do, obviously. You know, a bit of a hiccup the other night and didn't play as well as we would have liked, obviously. Um, you know, we probably didn't field as well as we'd like, and that's where we've been mm-hmm. excellent all, all campaign. So drop a couple of catches that we'd normally take. Um, and if we do the basics well, as we know, we, we get the result the way we play. So we've just got to back that back that up. We've played some really good cricket all tournament. Um, and now it's, it's a knockout stage, isn't it? So we just want to play really well tonight. It certainly is. Uh, I haven't read anything about this, so I'm assuming that he's not going to be with us, Matty Renshaw? No, no, he's with us. Is he? Uh, he's playing. He, he, tra- he trained last night, so he'll be there, which is great news. And um, Usman's not playing and Manus are not playing. Obviously, getting ready for a test match. So it sounds like Usman's recovered, which is great great news for the Australian team. Uh, I think Uzi's coming down tonight to actually help the boys out and just be around the group, which is which is really good. So, yeah, Renshaw's playing and, and looking forward to hopefully getting a big score from him. Yeah, yes. And for those who don't know about the Usman uh, incident, he got smashed in the side of his helmet grill on the right side of his face and his left side jaw was sore. So they, they feared that it might have been broken, but it's not. So he's he wants to be involved again tonight too, which is great. Yeah, that's good. Hey, now, how do you read this one, mate? I mean, they come out, they've beaten the Scorchers on their home dunghill, so they've got a bit of travel in front of them, the, the Strikers, but... Lloyd Pope and Cam Boyce, seven for 44 combined. That was fantastic the other night. But this wicket at Carrara looks to be one that favours the the medium paces and the seamers. Yeah, it does. It's had another couple of days, didn't they? They wet it down and, and, and tried to roll it in. So it might play a little bit better, we hope. Um, but it sort of certainly favoured the seamers the, the other night. Um, and, and we just didn't adjust well enough. I thought we bowled quite well, actually, to be fair, uh, barring... You know, a couple of overs here and there, but in general, we were pretty good. Um, and then batting-wise, though, they just out us. So, you know, for, from that point of view, we didn't cope well enough and we've got to cope better tonight. Mm. Um, yeah, so play and do you, you think they might be tempted? That They'll have to play Pope and Boise, won't they, the strikers? Yeah, I think so. They're winning formula for them, isn't it? So, you know, we've been planning for... You know, that and maybe if they bring in an extra seamer, et cetera, uh, yes. on this type of wicket. So it just depends on which way they go. But again, we we can't worry too much. Yes, you're playing against them. What we've got to do is get back to playing the way we've been playing previous sort of seven, eight games when we've been on a roll um, and a bit of confidence there. And, and finals, yes, it's, it's it's a different style of pressure, if you like. But it's the team that copes with that the best that'll win the game. Yeah, and and we're a good team, mate. We're a good team. We're very close, and they'll do it for each other. T- can you explain to our listeners, mate, the the role, the real clarity of the role of Josh Brown? Well, get as many as you can, as quick as you can, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's what you want. Uh, he's obviously a, a a big hitter in the game and, and scores quite quickly. He missed out the other night because he's just almost swinging too hard on that type of wicket, where it was a bit up and down and sideways. So he, he struggled the other night. He admitted that, but he's worked hard at training the last couple of days to, to rectify that. And, and hopefully we get a little bit better for him to play his natural game. So we, we don't mind him, you know, going hard from the get-go because if he comes off for, you know, five, six overs, you, you, you certainly get a, a great kickstart in the game. Yeah. Well, big picture, we lose Munro and Billings. Other teams have been disadvantaged as well because they've headed back overseas to other T20 events. Is there a way around it? I mean, you're, you're a great thinker of this game and, and you love all aspects of it. You love the white ball, you love the test cricket. Is there a way to fix it? Oh, yeah, easy. Just squeeze the tournament a little bit more. You know, we, we had a week off, really, every side had a week off because of the Perth test match. Yes. You know, if they played a game uh, in Perth at the old Wacker ground, there's one game you can get. We didn't play Christmas Eve. You can play a doubleheader Christmas Eve. There's a, there's almost a round done, and that's a week saved. If you get a week saved, you're overseas stay. So 
you've got to squeeze the tournament somehow. I think that's the next move, isn't it? Because the overseas want to stay. Munro and Billings were fantastic for us. And, and in that regard, I mean, their role was to get us to the finals. They did that. So now it's up to the, the depth of the squad to cover those losses and actually try and win the tournament from here. Mm. And now uh, Cricket Australia are talking about starting later rather than that squeeze, aren't they? And, and trying to work with the ILT20 to, to push them back and have them start a week later. But maybe they could start the way we started and not have the Perth test, you know, getting in the way. Well, Mm. Well, the Perth test is going to be there, so it's going to be in the, in the way. So we just got to work our way around that. Um, and, you know, we didn't play Christmas Eve. So there's two rounds, Hills. And, and as I said, if the Wackers played from Optus Stadium, people go to the Wacker for a, a Scorchers game, you've almost got a, a round out of the road. And once you do that, you're actually ahead of the game again. You, mm. you save yourself seven, eight days. And, and if you come back seven, eight days, that means we, we've got our, our senior overseas players available for the whole time. And that's, they want to stay. There's no doubt about that. Um, so they've got to work a way through that. And the Brisbane test being a day-nighter, that, that might have been the time we could still play the finals on a long weekend after the test match well, day. We could have done either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I think we've got to be, we've got to think of different ways to actually, you know, get the scheduling right. For example, I couldn't see why we couldn't play. Um, Metricom, or not Metricom, whatever it's called now, the Gold Coast Heritage. Stadium here. Heritage. Heritage, Heritage that's it. Um, you know, we could have. I couldn't see why we couldn't have played last game uh, at the Gabba still in front of forty-two thousand people um, oh. and just have two pitches ready. Uh, the crowd would have loved it, and I get the you know the setup for a test match, but it's forty overs. And come on, we can we can do better than that. I think and actually get the game played at the Gabba, and then if, if we lost that, then play this one as we are at the Gold Coast. I get that. Yeah. All right. Well. I mean, we're, we're all behind the heat tonight. Uh, can I just fire one other one left field? <laughs> cricket, uh, test cricket. I mean, we, we've seen a lopsided summer here, which we sort of expected. And we see South Africa, well, I think, what, heading to New Zealand with a... Seven debutants. Yeah. Uh, is it in trouble, the Red Bull game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, real trouble. We've got to rectify it real quick. Uh, ICC got to get on board with all the all the, the big nations, if you like. You know, England, um, you know, uh, India and Australia and, and carve out some windows that allow each of those nations and other nations to play. You know, maybe it's a, a six-week window, three six-week windows throughout the year that you, you can play at different time zones and allows you to fit all those games in somehow. Um, we need to help the, the lower countries uh, the West Indies, for example. I mean, they've got talent. There's no yes. doubt about that. Brian and I reckon they've got a lot of talent. And their bowling was actually quite good, I thought, in the first Test match. But they're batting. They're, they're young. And, yes, they might come good. But their batting against Dark Hazelwood, Cummins and Lions, is, is tough work. Yeah, it no. certainly is. And they've given themselves no chance. They turned up eight days before the Test. So the ICC That's could maybe subsidise some costs to get them around our country a little bit to get ready for that Test. Well, well, it gets down to the, the um, management of the schedule, doesn't it? Trying to, you're right, get here early, play another tour game and, and get them prepared as best they can. I mean, they played play the tour game, oh, I'm trying to think where it was. Canberra. Adelaide, Canberra. Beforehand. Canberra. Uh, and then go to Adelaide. Then they got to play the Gabba in a day-night test match. It's going to be tough work. So we've got to try and help them prepare better as best we possibly can. And maybe ICC could step in and, as you said, fund that so they actually get better preparation in regard to test match career, and we need the players playing. So they've got a lot of players that would be playing test career that have decided to go down the franchise model, haven't they? Yes, and the young players they've brought out aren't learning because there's no time to learn. No time and no experience with them to learn. So you need some older players in your side to to teach them the right way to go about it. Always brilliant to chat, mate. Best of luck. Go the heat tonight. Good luck. Thanks, boys.